Ben Franklin said, time is money. Waste it now, pay for it later. So true, man. If you're bleeding minutes, you're going to be bleeding dollars. The time loss of procrastination and distraction or just slow, unmotivated work can eat away at your ability to produce at high levels. So how can you cultivate productivity and maximize your effectiveness as a leader? <laughs> well, that's exactly what we're going to be breaking down for you in this episode. Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, a show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host, Anthony Devon Watts Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. Legacy leaders, welcome back to another episode of the Legacy and Leadership podcast. This is episode 19. Uh, and as you heard in the preview, uh, my friend Devon Watts Jr. and myself, Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., are going to be breaking down how to be more productive uh, and giving you some tips and tricks to do so. Um, we're very excited about this episode, as we are about all of them, because we just have fun having these conversations <laughs> and doing what we do. Um, but we're also excited because we got we got some hey. swag. Oh, you see it. You yes. see it. <laughs> and leave um, some nice leadership in legacy uh, merchandise. Uh, yeah, um, super excited, man! Uh, shout out to uh, We Mermaid It um, and the owner and creator uh, Aaron Brown for the merch collab. Um, not only do we have these fly hoodies with the hashtag Legacy Leader um, <clears throat> on the sleeve um, and the you know the podcast logo. The slogan, right? Live, lead, and leave. Um, but we also got these pretty dope uh, drink cozies, right? Mm -hmm. We got uh, also uh, tagged with the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, boom, Legacy Leader, um, and then a couple of our coffee mugs too, because you, you know, you know, we are not shy about uh, our coffee consumption at all. Uh, at all. So uh, it's awesome, man. Like I said, you know, really, really good quality and. Um, you know, anything that we can do to represent the community that we're trying to build, um, you know, we're a fan of. So I'm super, super appreciative. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to, you know, take this out once things kind of open up. Um, you know, uh, obviously with, you know, the recent news and the spike, spiking cases and stuff like that, we actually made a decision um, for the business to send our leadership back home. Mm -hmm. Um you know, obviously we're getting ready to go into our peak season, um, you know, since I work for a large, you know, um, e-retail company, um, you know, from Black Friday on, it's kind of, it's our Super Bowl. Um, and so the last thing we want to do is be in a position where we have our leadership there and, um, you know, somebody gets sick or we have an outbreak or something like that. And that could really cripple the business. So um, everybody's working remotely, which means I don't get to show off this legacy and leadership podcast merch swag uh, but i'm gonna find an excuse you know what i mean make a make a run to the um <clears throat> make a run to the mailbox and all my gear and stuff like that you know got my coffee mug and my cozy i don't know i didn't, I didn't know i couldn't decide if i wanted soda if i wanted caffeine oh uh, yeah all right maybe i'll run into rose 
and uh, <laughs> I'll run into, into Rose, uh, <laughs> and she can uh, she can uh, be more curious about what it is I actually do. Like, I know she'd be wanting to ask me, but I just don't give her the time of the day to answer. Like, man, what does he do? This, you know, this misses his his woman never leaves. You know, she never leaves for work. The kids are there. What does he do? None of your business, Rose. Don't worry about it. I'm still I'm still pissed off. You hit my car. <laughs> I was about to say for for anybody uh, wondering who we were talking about, who Devon is talking about, you'll have to go back to episode. Um, What's well, the third installment of our mentor by adversity series with Dalen Perez? Uh, mm-hmm. and that's when you first started to talk to us about this story and the happenings with the neighbor and some little car accidents or fender benders mm-hmm. uh, in the parking lot. Uh, and then, luckily for me, it was an impromptu trip that I made with my son to Boca de Don to um, go help him find an apartment because he's going back to school at FAU. So, of course, I had to stop by and see Devon. And who did I get a chance to see? <laughs> the neighbor. Yeah, she Devon, pulled up. It was so great. <laughs> she pulled up while uh, we were about to go out to grab a bite to eat. And I, just, I could see her from, like, down the street, like, eyeing, trying to figure out. Like, who's this person? Who's this car? Where they meeting up about? You want to ask like a billion and one questions. And so when she pulled up, uh, <laughs> I just looked over at Jimmy and I pointed like, that's that's her. That's her. He's like, oh, <laughs> I wanted to take a picture so bad, but that would have been right. So uh, we will, uh, if you are listening to the podcast uh, and you're a loyal listener from any of the major platforms that we're on, whether it's Podbeam, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, so many. Um, you may want to go ahead and check us out on our YouTube channel, Legacy and Leadership Podcast, uh, so that you can actually see the video and see the visual and see these fly hoodies that we're talking about. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably have to take some. You know, we'll have to take some some pictures and post that on the Instagram page as well. So um, I'll make that segue. If you're not following us on social media, please do so as well. Hit us up on Instagram at Legacy Leadership. That would be fantastic. Um, and all of the major you know, uh, we're on twitter as well uh, at legacy leadership we're on facebook uh legacy in leadership podcast we're also on linkedin uh, for all of our linkedin pros out there uh, legacy in leadership podcast be great for you to, to follow us and see us on these different platforms um and yeah and how we continue to to provide uh entertainment and education Entertainment. Uh, entertainment for sure um, not just on the podcast itself but in these different platforms so um, stay tuned for that we definitely appreciate it um, so continue to do that continue to again to, to make sure that you're subscribing to the YouTube channel if you are listening to us on any of those major podcast platforms leave a review make sure that you're getting these episodes download and like the reviews as well not the reviews but the actual episodes what's up Gio <laughs> yeah my uh, uh, making a little cameo on the video um and then you know i'm going to keep asking at least for now uh, at some point I- i'll probably stop but we are getting folks that are sending us texts and-, and putting messages go ahead and take that snapshot man take that snapshot of you listening to the podcast on your phone uh or if you're watching the youtube channel again take that snapshot that screenshot go ahead and post that uh on your instagram feed uh in your stories and then tag us at legacy leadership again you tag myself at coach underscore Jimmy G Jr. Tag Devon at leadership docent. Uh, and then make sure you share. Share the podcast uh, with your friends and your family. Share with other legacy leaders um, or individuals who you who you know they need to be a legacy leader. They need to really find out what this is all about. 
uh, and what it means to be a leader worth following and then how you develop others to do the same. Uh, sharing is caring, so make sure you share that with your folks, uh, whether you're sharing the YouTube video itself or, again, sharing the podcast. We sincerely appreciate it. Um, we're, still, we're, we're on a mission. We are on a mission to continue to grow this community, uh, especially as we uh, end 2020. Uh, we've been having fun so far. And we're just looking to end this on a strong note. So uh, we love the feedback. We love the fact that you're riding with us. So again, continue to share the podcast. We appreciate that very much. Um, so I'm glad that, uh, you know, definitely that the, the business is making some, you know, the, the right type of adjustments. Um, how, besides, you know, those things that have been going on recently and making adjustments, getting ready for November and what's to come on uh, the holidays. Uh, how's everything else going with you and the fam and, and just kind of how did you get your day go? Yeah, man. Uh the fam is doing well. Um, the boys are doing well. The missus is doing well. Um, actually, we're super excited here. Um, so one of the things that um, if you you know follow me or if you're just kind of plugged in, you find out that um, we're definitely a family of uh, creatives and you know hustlers, right? And so um, the missus, her mommy Gab's uh, pot or her mommy Gab's vlog um, and YouTube channel um, just hit over 500 subscribers, which is a huge milestone for us. We've been building that over. Um, a year and a half. She's been building that ever since she's been home uh, with uh, Linux. Um, she's really sought to build a community for you know mothers, um, and it's been awesome to kind of see that blossom. And you know, uh, people get some insights into our family and the quirkiness that is us and her and her adventures. And so that's been really cool. Um, but also. Um, you know, we've been blessed enough to take this opportunity for her to pursue a passion of hers, um, which is, you know, she's a, a entrepreneur by heart. Um, and so her and her good friend are actually um, in the process of launching their own, um, you know, boutique uh, e-retail business specializing in um, accessories uh, for women and for men. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're launching on November 6th um, in Blazing, um, in Blazing Co., um, and so their website's getting ready to launch. And it's been really awesome, man, just to have a front row seat and uh, watch them as they navigate, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, the, the logistics of starting a business and getting your wholesale license and, uh, you know, getting your DBA, getting your EIN, like doing all that stuff. Right. And so, um, you know, and being here as a sounding board, you know, for decisions and stuff like that from time to time when she needs it. But really, I mean, she's been running point on this thing her, herself. So, um, yeah, man, a, a lot of uh, really awesome things happening. And then the kind of the last um, milestone we had here was my niece. My niece just turned three, um, you know, um, this past uh, Friday, the 23rd. <clears throat> um, and she is just literally, you know, the most you know adorable beautiful brilliant little girl in the world um i love every every single thing about her and so um you know we didn't get an opportunity to make the trip up to orlando unfortunately um you know because myself and and um man man were a little under the weather um and so we couldn't make that trip but we still did the facetime thing and sung happy birthday and all that good stuff and you know to get to see her play and um you know eat cupcakes and um all that good stuff man it just warmed my heart so i can't wait uh to be able to actually get up there and see them but um you know aside from that man it's been um you know been pretty pretty good you know i mean work has been work you mm -hmm. know um you know i kind of you know mentioned some of the major things that are going on there um been at it you know today since about 7 30 or so um and we still going you know we don't stop um but that's just a life of you know of the grind and, and a leader so yeah absolutely now i feel you man my uh 
she is my oldest niece turned five actually a couple of weeks ago but i got a chance uh my sister uh daughter liberty um had a chance to to do some facetiming with her the other day and that was just cute um and my other little niece and um yeah man it's just they grow so fast bro yeah they grow so fast like you said super smart um just funny um especially at that age, like the, per- the personalities are really starting to, to evolve and like, to, you know, they just express themselves so much more at that age. So it's just really cool to, to see that. So um, definitely feel you on that and just trying to be a better uncle, you know, especially from far away, uh, mm-hmm. make sure that uh, I'm keeping up with, uh, with what's going on. So technology is good like that to be able to, to have that time virtually, right. To see each other. No, uh, absolutely. Face that way. Um, yeah, absolutely. What about you, though, man? Because, uh, you know, I know you mentioned to our listeners before you start a new endeavor. So, um, you know, I know that you took a week to get acclimated and that's how our paths ended up crossing down here, you know, on that kind of spur, spur of the moment trip you made. Um, but this is what, day two or so? This is, this uh, is yeah, day two at the new, the new J-O-B, uh, working for a civil engineering company, uh, which is very different than... Um, than any type of, of company that I work for, any or you know industry that I've been in the past. Uh, the work I'm doing is very similar though. Uh, again, just still creating content, be able to facilitate a little bit more than maybe I have in the past employer. Uh, so yeah, just very excited. You know, uh, warm welcomes. Everybody just seems um, just really down to earth, um, very welcoming, and uh, just excited about the opportunity. So first couple of days, you know, a meeting, meeting greets and doing compliance and stuff like that and just kind of knocking some of those things out and um, spending time with my new boss and just getting to know him a little bit better. But I'm definitely very excited about what the future holds. So, um, Don't yeah, man. we as we continue to move forward, I'm sure, you know, I'll have I'll have some some good stories to, to share. I hope you know, continue to learn, continue to learn and grow and then be able to share that with our legacy leaders in our community out there. Uh, again, I'll just remind everybody um, well, we love to talk and we love to teach. We are still learners and, and we're learning every day. And anytime that we, we learn new concepts, new ideas, or just maybe see things from a different perspective, you know, we're going to do our best to share that with you and make sure that we're passing that along. Yeah, actually, that's what I was going to mention. Um, I'm, I'm interested to hear as you kind of get situated. <clears throat> Uh, over these next couple of weeks or so, and then you really start getting into, you know, passive meet and greet stage and you start getting into the work. Right. Um, if you find if you'll find the same thing I found. Right. Which is when you get a chance to start with a new opportunity, um, it's a um, it's one of the rare opportunities to be able to hit a reset button and have kind of a clean slate. Right. And make sure that you reorient yourself and really um you know, develop kind of your system around, you know, kind of time management and goal setting and um, ensuring you have the right things in place to maximize your productivity. Right. Um, and so <clears throat> I'm really interested as you continue to kind of go through this process to hear um, if you find that same thing to be true. Um, and, you know, not only do, you know, you use it as an opportunity to reorient yourself or find it that it's an opportunity to reorient yourself, but it's also a chance to maybe pick up or try some new techniques that maybe you couldn't have necessarily implement it before because you were just kind of stuck underneath all of this other stuff that you were doing. Um, at least for me, I found that like, you know, there were things I wanted to do differently, but it's like, I didn't have necessarily the time or the opportunity because, you know, I'm still working on this major project or stuff like that. And um, transitioning to this new company gave me a chance to kind of hit that reset button. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm really excited for you from that perspective and looking forward to having some discussions around that. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. It, it's, it, it is very much a clean slate even today. Um, you know, but the topic we're about to get in the last couple of episodes that we've done, you know, I'm looking at my calendar, which is pretty empty right now, but I'm thinking about, okay, these are the projects that I'm learning about and the things that are on our plate and how do I start again using, uh, and it's always, you know, it's just tweaking, tweaking what you do you know, to make it fit in the current, uh, the current circumstances uh, and in this new opportunity. So the one thing that will be a major difference is that it's been 20 years uh, that I've always been in a role that I was responsible for other people. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this role currently, I, I'm an individual contributor. So um, I have responsibilities, but I don't have any direct reports. Uh, still, uh, you know, my, my goal is to be a leader, be myself, and hopefully lead in the best ways that I can uh, within this role. But that is that is definitely going to be different. Having said that, like you just mentioned, it's like, okay, I have to make sure that uh, I'm as productive as possible to make sure that all of these different projects that I have, uh, that I'm getting it done, that I'm adding value, and that, you know, to a certain extent, um, I'm proving, right, that they made a good decision. That you always want to put your, your, regardless, you want to put your best foot forward, but especially, you know, within that, those beginning stages. Um, so definitely looking forward to that and, and sharing those things with you and sharing those with, with our, our legacy leaders out there as well. So um, interesting that you, that you mentioned that, because again, the goal is to be as productive as possible. And that is the topic of today's episode, episode 19 of the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, is how do you be more productive and, and, and produce at a very high level? Um, I had some some data points that I wanted to share with you that I thought were very interesting. And again, want okay. to share and kind of get your, your take on that. So the first one yeah. is productive work daily of the average U.S. office employer, or not employer, excuse me, employee, is about two and a half hours, or actually two hours and 53 minutes. So productive work of the average U.S. office employee is about two hours and around 53 minutes. Oh, that's like 40% productive. Yes. I would go crazy. I would go crazy from a call, like a call center perspective. Like we had a frontline agent that was like 40% productive. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I guess, I, I guess I could see that. I mean, when we're talking about, I guess I can see that. I think one of the things that is important, right, is um, how you define productive, like mm -hmm. how you define productive. Um I almost, to be honest with you, so I, I'll be real with you, um, as like in preparation for the, for this uh, pod and just kind of thinking about some of the things that, you know, I wanted to share as we kind of break down this concept, the more and more I thought about it, the more and more we started to break stuff down and get prepared, like the more and more I dislike the word productive. Like, I hate the word productive. Um, I really think it's more like, it's more about like, how do you become more effective, yeah. right? Because like when I think about um, productive, I think about volume. You know what I mean? Like a volume component, like um, how do I churn out as much as possible, like doing busy work? How do I you know, produce more um, as opposed to like how do how am I effective in what I do? Um, so, I mean, I guess I could see that, like if we're, we're defining it as the amount of time that the average employee is effective or mm -hmm. is effectively working on something. Um, right. Or. Yeah, I could see. I could see three hours not being a stretch. I mean, even if your your calendar, and I think we've all been here before, even if your calendar is occupied from the beginning of the day all the way through, 
it doesn't really mean that all of those meetings or touch bases are value add and effective. Some of them can be, you know, the the classic, uh, you know, meeting that could have been an email, <laughs> or you know, meeting that turns out like you know it's a meeting to schedule another meeting, right? Um, and so I, I I guess I could see that when I look at it from that lens. But that's a that's a staggering stat though. It is, and I think you know you mentioned like in the call center, if for the front line employee that's on the phones it's easier right because as leaders and managers we're in control of that so we want to make sure that they're at you know 85 percent utilization 90 percent those type of things that they're they're being productive um now that's why you listen to calls because they could still be 85 percent utilization not necessarily being effective or productive but um but just the kind of the the i guess typical office worker the other data point that i wanted to share is 85 percent workers are actively disengaged in the office. Oh yeah, I can see that. I could 100% 100 see that. Um, And I think it's interesting that you bring up those two data points because I do think a large part of productivity really comes down to the the relationship with engagement um and i think whether it's for yourself like how do you ensure that you're you know being productive or effective and then also driving effectiveness within your team um it's about um engagement at the end of the day and waning degrees of you know driving engagement you know are you creating an environment where you are you know you're most engaged and when you find yourself to be the most engaged, that's when you're the most effective and therefore you're quote unquote productive. Um, and the same with your team, right? If you're trying to drive results within your team, how are you driving engagement around what the results are, being able to measure it? And so I, we can get into that a little bit later when we break down these concepts, but I could definitely see that there's a relationship between the, the engagement um, and the productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow, 85% though. That's still, I mean, those are some those are some pretty staggering numbers when you really think about it, right? You're talking about uh, eight and a half out of 10 employees are are actively disengaged. Yeah. Uh, You schedule like like, intentionally, (laughs) like they're checked out, bro. They're not working. That's like, so I, I got it. Like, I, I hear figures like that. And then I always put it in the practicals and I'm thinking about like, that's like you scheduled a meeting with like nine other people and only half a person is listening to what you're saying. <laughs> it's you and half a person <laughs> and that occasional like, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you ever had those meetings? Like you're talking and you're uh, giving it to them, giving them a little ball coach speech and da, 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 and what we need to work on. And so, yeah, what do you guys think about that? Crickets, crickets. All right. Anybody? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that sounds good. <laughs> that's that half a person that's in, that's engaged because they heard you talk. Right. So, oh, man, that's, that's uh, perfect. You're on a meeting, especially these Zoom meetings and uh, on teams or whatever it is that you're using. And again, you're on a meeting and like, should I really be on this meeting? And there's not a lot that you're, you're necessarily adding to the conversation. But at the very end, hey, all right, guys, have a great day. Great meeting. You know, make sure that you yeah. hear my voice at the very end. Yeah, the little, uh, the little, have a good one, sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I was here. <laughs> I attended. Hey, all right, guys, appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> oh my goodness! So the last, the last data point that I want to share with you is, uh, and I can see this as well, and, and at work, and even from a, a personal email perspective, twenty-eight percent of the work week is taken by emails alone. Oh yeah. 
I can 100% see that, especially because, like, I think for <clears throat> for folks when you're talking about um, measuring product productivity or effectiveness, like, that's the one widget that they can count. Like, you know what I mean? There's that instant um, feedback on did I get through it or did I not get through it, right? So, like, if I started the day with 100 in my inbox or, you know, 200 in my inbox, and then I end the day with 50, Right. Oh, I was productive. I got my inbox count down from this to that. But how many of those communications are like general um, general communications, updates on your benefits because open enrollments getting ready to come through, uh, you know, your you know junk mail, a newsletter. Right. Like, OK, I read that. Oh, that's a FYI. I got CC'd on that, but there's no action. But let me read it. I need to skim it. Be loosely aware of what's going on. Right. Um, <clears throat> maybe I forward a couple of them or you know loop somebody else in. Maybe I follow up on a couple ones I sent last week. Hey, uh, just following up on this. Any updates? Boom, boom, boom. All right, eight hours done. Clocked out. The inbox is down. Oh, I was productive. <laughs> so I, I could I could see that um, as well. So, so that really leads us into kind of the, the meat of the conversation, right? And, and the fact that people tend to think that being productive means being busy all the time. As long as I'm busy, you know, within you know at least an eight-hour stretch, uh, that I'm being productive or that I'm being effective. But that's not the case because if I'm just like moving paper from one side of my desk to the other most of the day, or I'm just going through emails, or I'm spending you know eighty percent of my time on uh, conference calls, and then if they're not productive, or maybe I really even shouldn't be on these conference calls in the first place, um, again, I may be busy and there's activity. But are those things allowing me to be productive or to be as effective uh, as a leader as I possibly can and to be as an effective uh, employee as I possibly can? And this is not even about being an employee because you can be um, a business owner, but just as an individual, like we get caught up. And entrepreneurs are probably honestly the worst at this stuff, you know, because they, they want to have like these four hour work weeks and, and you know, they kind of, and I know because I have definitely have the entrepreneurial spirit and, and I've had number of scenarios in the past where I started companies. Um, but, you know, you, you you think that it's just easy to, to kind of go throughout the day and just doing stuff. But at the end of the day, are the things that I did, were they really accomplishing the highest priorities that I have? Do I know what the highest priorities are? And I, am I really accomplishing those things that are going to move the ball forward? Uh, and again, allow me to be productive and allow me to be effective. So people think being productive means being busy all the time. That is not the case. What being productive actually means are a few things that we're going to we're going to break down. Um, what being productive actually means is producing more in a shorter amount of time, working toward a goal, uh, compromising and planning, and then just staying focused. That's really what what being productive and being uh, you know, uber effective really means is focusing on on those four things uh, and breaking those things down. So producing more in a shorter amount of time. Um, there's some things that we've been discussing over the last couple of episodes uh, as we discussed um, time management and as we discussed goal setting. Um, but when, when you hear that produce more in a shorter amount of time, um, I have a few things that come to my mind, but I wanted to, to throw it to you first. What are some 
some tactics or strategies that you've used or that come to your mind that will help somebody to be able to produce more in a shorter amount of time? Yeah. So the first thing that comes to mind, man, is actually something we mentioned in uh, our last episode when we we're talking about goal setting. Right. And we talked a bit about the Pareto principle, um, you know, focusing on that 20 uh, percent. That's going to give you the biggest 80 percent return or impact. Um, and we even went a little step further. And we started talking about your minute planning, like minute prepping in the beginning of the week and identifying what are the things you have to deliver on? What are the things that I need? I can delegate effectively. And what are some of the things that I can defer to a later time? They're not critical deliverables for me right now. Um, and so when I think about those things, the thing that keeps resonating with me is, you know, in order to maximize your effectiveness and be, you know, the most productive, right? You really have to plan your work, right? By goal setting and then plan your work around that and then work your plan, right? You have to plan your work and then work your plan. Um, and that's where I think um, <clears throat> at times you can fall short. Um, you, know, you have individuals who, you know, um, as a leader, you may fall short of the goal setting process, or maybe you do a great job goal setting, right? But Maybe you don't necessarily plan out, okay, what are what am I going to tangibly do in order to achieve that goal? What does my week look like? What is my time blocking? Um, and maybe you do do that. Maybe you, maybe you um, do an effective job of setting goals. Maybe you do a great job of your minute prepping and you schedule your, you know, you set up your calendar and all that good stuff. And then when it comes time to work your plan, that's where you fall short and you start compromising on your calendar. You start deviating from your schedule. You start finding yourself, you know, not being locked in, not being focused, knowing that this time is dedicated for this. Right. And so those are all the different ways that you can get off track. And so um, really, I think if you properly are goal setting and then you're planning around those goals and then, you know, planning your work and working your plan, then that actually allows you to do less, do less but be more effective. Like, and again, it goes back to that concept I was talking about in terms of, you know, focusing on effectiveness as a, as opposed to just productivity in the sense of volume of work. I may send out less emails because I am focused on the projects or the, the major initiatives that I have to deliver on. And that doesn't require me playing um, ping pong with my inbox. Right. And so I may not move the needle on that number in my inbox, they may stay at 150. It may actually grow, right? But as long as I know that the content that's in there that I didn't respond to is not tied to my goals, it's not a part of my plan, and it's not a part of me working my plan, then I can be more effective even though on paper I did less, right? I did less in terms of uh, my potential output. Um, and so, um, again, you know, I think by planning your work, working your plan, that creates the opportunity for you to do less, but become more effective. So the, the last episode, episode 18, was all about goal setting. So we're not going to dive into that too much. But I think you know, I mentioned kind of those four aspects, and that really should be the first thing is know what your goals are, what is it that you're trying to achieve, and then make sure that you're working toward those goals. Um, taking a look at daily results and then taking a look at weekly results based upon the goal but more importantly, what you just said as well is is having that plan. So we discussed that again. If you haven't listened to it, go back to episode 18. We break that down in full effect uh, on tips and strategies in regards to goal setting. So you have to know what your goal is. But once you know that goal, then you start to reverse engineer and you put that plan into place. 
then you have to execute. You have to know what the plan is and you have to execute on that plan and be relentless at making adjustments and working the plan, have a plan and work the plan so that you're working towards that goal. Um, and the work that you're doing, as you mentioned, should really be focusing on you know, the 20% of the items that are gonna get you the most production. Um, but when you think about producing more in a shorter time, we also talked about, you know, so when I'm in that day, how do I stay as effective as I can within that day? We talked about the Pomodoro technique. Uh, so making sure that, you know, I'm going to tell myself, okay, for this 30 minutes, for these 60 minutes, I'm going to focus on this one task. I'm going to hit the timer. You mentioned emails and kind of playing ping pong. Well, I shut my email down. Or at least I turn the volume off so I don't hear the ping going off and, I, and I, don't, I don't have that particular distraction. I know, again, for these 30 or 60 minutes, I'm going to focus on this task and nothing else. There's really nothing coming through in your email that's going to be that urgent that you need to handle it right there. Um, and it's not just emails. Maybe you need to put um, you know, that you're busy or do not disturb if you want to leave it on, uh, whether you're on Teams, if you're on Skype, you know, whatever those inner office uh, messaging apps that you're using, make sure that others understand that you're not available right now. Mm -hmm. The easiest thing to do is just sign out of them, like mm -hmm. sign out of them um, and you'll be fine. But make sure that you're, you're doing those things. And again, you're not multitasking, meaning you're not trying to do two or three things within that time frame. You can multitask throughout the day because I have multiple projects. So I'm blocking out, like you mentioned, I'm blocking out uh, specific blocks within the day to focus on this task or this project and then that project later on. But with it, when you're engaged within that 30 to 60 minutes, uh, make sure that you're focusing on that project and that task alone. Yeah, actually, one of the things I like um, that you mentioned, and I'll even take it a step further, right? When you talk about <clears throat> um, these these notifications that have been built to to gain our attention, I think you have to understand that, right? You have to yes. understand the the marketing intent behind some of these devices, right? So whether it's you know your your Teams or your Skype or your you know whatever you're using for your your um, instant message platform whether it is your emails or whether it's just your phone and all of these different apps that you have, they are their whole value prop is to be able to keep your attention captive on their platform as long as possible. All of these free platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, Spotify, Apple, all of these, their sole purpose, the way that they are able to monetize, think about this because these are multi- Correct. These are multi-million dollar companies, right? Multi-million dollar valuations. And they're not asking a penny from you in most cases. It's because the value prop from them is keeping your attention on that platform so that they can then market to you through these you know, other businesses, right? To get you to engage, to share data, to do all that, right? So without getting too far down the rabbit hole from that perspective, I would just say the more you have an awareness of that, the more you can start making decisions so that you can avoid some of those traps, right? So for me, like with all of my, my apps, I don't have the notifications on because I know it will be an instinct for me the minute that my phone pings, right? It's, uh, well, what was that? Was that important? Oh, no, it wasn't important. Oh, but uh, something, somebody just posted on Instagram. Let me see. Oh, man. Oh, there's a video of Tom Brady highlights from this past weekend. Oh, man. Oh, man. There's new music coming out. And the next thing you know, you're down that rabbit hole of scrolling, double tapping, 
commenting, right? And that's taking time away from you being able to remain focused. Um, <clears throat> now, I do have um, notifications on <clears throat> for um, the, my uh, Microsoft Teams, uh, just because I move you know away from my laptop sometimes, and I can be in transit, and you know people may use that as a vehicle to reach out to me. But when I am locking in on a task on a major deliverables. Like I put my phone in airplane mode. Like I don't want any notifications from anybody. Like I'm putting myself in busy. I've scheduled the time on my calendar so that it automatically updates on uh, on my teams <clears throat> that I'm busy. And then I shut out my email and I lock in. So um, I, another tool that you know our listeners can use in order to be effective is you know be aware of these built-in you know traps. To, to steal your attention, right? Because they have a different agenda than yours. Instagram doesn't care how you planned out your day um, to deliver on this major product or project. They want you to log back into the app so that you can look at more pictures of puppies and double tap, and then they can start advertising and marketing to you, right? And so um, just as they've built out a system to make sure that they are maximum <laughs> In their effectiveness, you need to make sure that you're building out a similar systems so that you can achieve your maximum effectiveness as well. Oh, absolutely. So what being productive actually means working toward a goal. Again, if you need to go back to episode 17, we talked all about goal setting and making sure that you're focusing on those daily and weekly results once you have that goal. Um, we just talked about, again, producing more in a short amount of time. Episode 17 was all about time management. Uh, so again, go back to that particular episode, listen to that one as well, because we break down time management extensively, uh, but make sure that you're not multitasking like we just discussed and then have a to-do list. Like know that these are the things that I'm trying to tackle for the week and then you break those things down on a daily basis. And these are the things that I know we talked about big rocks and little rocks. Uh, in the last uh, episode as well, like what are the the tasks that I know have to get done today? And I'm making sure that I'm putting in the time and effort to make sure that those things are taken care of. So in, in the system that I would use, that would be like my A's. The A's have to be done today. Uh, that anything that's a B, if it gets done today, it's great. But if not, and I need to move it to tomorrow, it's not a big thing. And then if, if I was even going a little bit further and then designating something like a C, the letter C on my to-do list, then that's something that doesn't really matter. Like if I can get to it, that's great. But if it gets done today, tomorrow, this week, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, to make sure that you have that to-do list and you're working towards those things. Um, we touched upon it, but I, I want to go back to, uh, we, we mentioned, you know, working toward goals, producing more in a short amount of time, and then compromising and planning. You mentioned definitely you know, having a plan, working that plan, making sure that you're executing. But you also talked about compromising. And I wanted you to, to go a little bit uh, more into that uh, on what, what do we really mean by that? When we say, you know, you have to make some type of compromises when you're going through your planning process to ensure that you truly are executing uh, and are being super effective. Yeah. So for me, um, compromising can take on a couple different forms. I think, you know, it could be first in that, you know, kind of that minute prepping process in the beginning of the week where you're making decisions around things that you have to defer. Right. That you can say, hey, I'm going to put this off until you know this week. Um, there's been plenty of times where, <clears throat> to be honest with you, um, early on uh, with my recent transition, there were things that popped up that I was like, oh, man, these are these are things that, you know, I think are worth 
fixing, right? Like I've identified a couple opportunities and um, I really had to take myself through the process of saying, okay, well, what is going to give me my biggest re return on investment? Let me do the math. Let me do the exercise of quantifying the ROI, like of each thing that I have in front of me. And then when I look at, okay, the ROI and then the time investment, uh, are there things that I need to prioritize now and things that honestly, if it's not fixed right now, it's not going to be to the detriment of our business and I can push it off. And I had to make that decision um, with one fix in particular. Like, you know, it still hasn't been uh, an initiative that's been picked back up only because the the ROI on it is is small in comparison to some of the larger initiatives that we have um, in front of us. And in fact, the ROI, while it needs to be fixed, <clears throat> The ROI is still small enough that it doesn't even make sense for me to necessarily delegate it out to um, some of my staff because I need them fully engaged on some of these bigger initiatives that we're working on. Right. So um, it's about being able to make those decisions and compromise and say, well, hey, this is going to remain in this less than desirable state for now, because the effort in order to get it to a desirable state is still not going to have. Um, as big of an impact on the overall results as some of these other things that we're putting our efforts in. Um, and then the other thing too, and you know, I said it before, um, when we were talking a bit about time management in episode 17, I'll say it again, um, delegation, you know, learning to delegate, that's a part of compromising too. Um, I think so many times as leaders, we fall into this pit, this, you know, this trap of thinking, <clears throat> Um, you know, I have to be the one that that does it like it has to be me that sees it to, to completion, mostly because and again, not entirely our fault. But a lot of the reasons why we got to the positions that we're at is we've proven time and time again, our ability to deliver and execute at a high level is effective. And so we've proven that we can take on a lot and execute at a high level on a lot. Right. And so that's how we've gotten entrusted with more. And, you know, we've grown our career. But essentially, you hit a level where you realize that the true measurement of your effectiveness as a leader is your ability to influence and to expand your influence beyond yourself. And so it's not about you individually being you know, the most effective and taking on all the initiatives. It's can you develop other individuals to be just as effective on things that don't require your level of expertise? And so when you're talking about compromising, you have to make that value assessment and say, is this important? Yes, it is. OK, so it shouldn't be deferred. <clears throat> the next question is, well, does it require my level of expertise? If the answer to that question is no, that somebody at a different level of expertise can do this, then who is the best individual in order to delegate this responsibility to? so that it can take up their level of expertise and their time and free you up from that commitment so that you can then invest that time in the things that are critical deliverables for you and that require your level of expertise so that you can maximize your effectiveness, right? Don't rob yourself of that time um, because you, know, you are under this belief or this disbelief that only you have the, the capabilities of doing it. Um, there's certain things where yeah, you can do it, but there are other individuals that can do it as well. They're just as capable and they're going to give you the same you know, quality of work product. So leverage that um, to your advantage. So I, I think for me, that's really what um, being able to compromise is about. <laughs> no, I, I like that. You, sometimes you have to compromise with yourself 
you know, and, and have those conversations with yourself and make those decisions uh, and then compromise with your business partners and the folks on your team. Mm-hmm. I was even thinking about uh, a conversation I had with, uh, with my new boss and just kind of talking to him about my philosophy about um, consulting. Right. And you've heard me say this plenty of times when I'm having conversations with a, a business partner, we're talking about a project. Well, I could either give you a ham and cheese, a steak burger or a steak. Now, everybody wants that steak, but the steak is going to take time. It's going to take seasoning. It's going to take some marinating. Um, but I also have to compromise with myself at times, not in a bad way, but realize that, you know what, based on the time that's ahead and the most important thing is getting this, you know, this learning content or this training out there. Like maybe I can't do a steak right now. Maybe it's going to have to be uh, a steak sandwich or it might even have to be a ham and cheese sandwich. But I'm going to produce that and make it the best ham and cheese sandwich I can. And then if I have the opportunities, I'll go back and try, like you said, to make improvements upon those things. Um, but that's again, that's just being you know smart about the work that's in front of you, knowing your deadlines, knowing what the expectations are, uh, knowing what you're capable of doing, what other people on your team are capable of doing, delegating what need be, because um, maybe that's what gets it to be a steak sandwich is I'm going to do these pieces that I'm going to hand this off to somebody on my team and they're going to finish the other stuff that I can't do right now to make sure that it's at the very least it's a steak uh, sandwich. So, um, And then what you said the, the first time I think is also important is knowing the proper ways to to make positive compromises, but also not compromising in a sense of cutting corners. Mm-hmm. There's a difference if, you know, well, I'm just going to give you a ham and cheese sandwich because I'm being lazy. I don't feel like I have the energy to give you anything more than that. That's when we start cutting corners, which is not good for us as individuals. We're not leading by example. We're not being the a type of leader that's worth following. And obviously, that's not going to produce the type of levels that our team, our employer, uh, our, our business partner, whatever that that you know entity is. That's not what they're looking for. No, I agree. Actually, one of the things is funny because, you you know, you were talking about and I have heard you, you know, use the, you know, the ham and cheese, the steak, you know, steak burger, or the steak. Um, yeah, actually, you probably use that a couple of times with me as a as a business partner. Like when I'm, hey, we need, you know, I need this. I want to get this delivered. And you're like, hey, bro, I need some time. <laughs> so like, what do you want? I can get I can give you whatever you need. But just understand that this, this is what it's going to take a time investment. Right. Um but the the you know kind of along that vein, I think the other thing where we're talking about compromise um, as a as a leader when you're making some of these decisions too is, um, and you guys you know I know our listeners may have heard this this phrase before right, but not letting um, you know perfection get in the way of great right, um, and I really believe that's another pitfall for us as leaders is we fall into the trap of not embracing iterative. iterative there we go. Um, change and improvement, right? Like you don't need to have it fully perfect and fleshed out the very first time that you do it. How do we iterate change and say, okay, this is this is where we can get it to phase one. And phase one is going to give us 80% of what we're looking for. It's not the end goal, or end goal but it's better than letting the status quo continue to exist while we work towards 100%, right? And then how do we learn? How do we refine? And then how do we do another quick sprint to, you know, in phase two and phase three to make these improvements? Um, because I think that can also be um, a limiter on effectiveness or productivity is we're in this constant pursuit of perfection and building out, you know, kind of the utopia of, uh, you know, what we desire it to be when in reality, 
<clears throat> when reality we're better suited really locking in and focusing on how do we make short-term improvements and get it better than what it currently is right so um the thing that really kind of put it together for me is you know i came to the realization there's a reason why um we're on windows you know 10 right and that's because the company, you know, uh, Bill Gates and team have acknowledged that the first nine versions of Windows was not perfect, right? Now, that doesn't mean that it didn't serve a purpose. It didn't, you know, continue to move the ball forward and then continue to improve on itself, right? But the reality is we're still on the, the 10th version of Windows, right? So whenever you're trying to implement a solution or an improvement as a leader, you have to also think that way too. Like I'm not trying, I don't need to have a perfect solution the very first time I tackle something. I need to make an advancement or an improvement on what the current state is. And then I have to also be comfortable in learning and saying, okay, well, how do we make solution 2.0 and solution three and solution four, all the way up to solution 10, if that's what it takes to eventually achieve perfection, um, which to be honest, which is gonna be a little bit fleeting um, of a pursuit um, only because um, the situations and circumstances continue to change, right? And so um, I think you also have to come to grips with that from a compromise perspective to understand that you're never going to have the fully perfect solution in place, right? Um, because the circumstances are going to change. So how do you improve on what is current state? Now, I'm, I'm glad you said that because uh, there was another point that I wanted to make. But you kind of touched upon, uh, you can get caught up with in, in trying to, to shoot for perfection. Uh, the other thing is, uh, paralysis by analysis. Like some folks need to analyze the data so much and to get into things that um, they never take action. They never move because again, they're, they're putting so much emphasis on continuing to analyze data. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I think to your point, it's also like using data intelligently to, to make effective decisions. Um, and I know that I believe when we talked about goal setting, we touched on that just a little bit. Um, you know, how do you leverage data effectively, mm -hmm. um, you know, in order to, um, you know, prioritize, you know, where you're going to focus, you know, kind of that that 20 percent that's going to give you that 80 percent that return on investment. Um, but you're absolutely right. man. Yeah. So. The next thing that we're going to touch upon to, to kind of end this one is, is staying focused. Um, we've touched upon a couple of things already, removing distractions. If you want to stay focused, you have to remove distractions. We talked about um, using specific techniques to help you to stay focused. Uh, we talked about, you know, turning off, uh, shutting down emails, um, either putting your phone on airplane mode or turning off the notifications. Uh, if you have uh, inter-office communication devices, like if it's Teams or Skype, either putting it on Do Not Disturb or turning them off completely. So again, that when you're locked in, you're focused just on that. Um, and you have to know yourself. Like you, I know that you work very well when you went, when you are locked in listening to music. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that because then I start singing, I start doing other things. And I'm like, no, I need to lock in. Let me turn this off. But you have to know yourself. So remove those distractions. And then even declutter, like look at your workspace mm. and look at your desk, look at your office, depending on what your workspace is or where it's at. And am I organized? Like, you know, we're talking about organizing your day and your calendar and managing your minutes, which are critical and, and highly important to do. But are you managing your workspace and ensuring that I have a you know, kind of a Zen type environment, whatever that is for you, but a workspace where 
it's decluttered. I know where everything is at. Uh, I have quick access to, to my computer, to my pens, to sticky notes, to my whiteboard, whatever it is that you need to do your work and to get, you know, to go through the day, but just making sure that you're decluttering your, your, your work environment. And then I would also say decluttering your mind. So we've talked about like meditation and different things like that. Those, those are things that you can do throughout the day as well to say, okay, I've just put two hours focusing on this one project. Now I'm going to do some quick breathing activities. I could do maybe a quick five minute uh, meditation to again, declutter my mind from the things I was just working on. Now, when I go into this next stint for the next 60 minutes, now my mind is, is fresh and it's renewed and I'm able to focus on that. No, I like that. Um, you know, obviously, <clears throat> obviously um, in today's environment, we don't get the benefit of this, right? But for me, a uh, version of that meditation would be the the walk to the break room. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, all right, uh, I'm, you know, I locked in, I was in my cave in my office, I was grinding. All right, let me get out of here. Like there's too much thought in the air. You know what I mean? A stick. Let me just step out. I'll stop, you know, think I'll get away from the screen. I'll stop thinking about whatever I was working on. I'm just going to take a walk to the break room real quick. Maybe grab a, you know, energy drink, a Red Bull, maybe a snack real quick. Right. I'll obviously run into somebody along the way. You know, um, chop it up for a little minute and then make my way back. Right. And just that little bit of a breather is a way to kind of, you know, declutter your mind for um, lack of a better term and just kind of reorient yourself and find a way to at least procrastinate productively. Right. Mm -hmm. um, procrastinate productively. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I guess, you know, uh, change, you know, change your surroundings. Like that's one of the things I've been able to learn, too, um, about the creative process. And it's funny because I think a large reason why I work well with listening to music is because the way that I listen to music is maybe different than just the, the average listener. You know what I mean? So, um I lock like I naturally lock in when I'm listening to music because I'm listening to just kind of like vocals and you know backgrounds and all other stuff because I have a passion for those things. So it's easy for me to to lock in that way, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, being able to uh, take that trip to the break room is a means of being able to declutter my mind and really change my surroundings, right? so that I get away from, you know, kind of getting cross-eyed staring at the screen and, you know, banging my head against the keyboard, trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. Or, um, you know, maybe I just, you know, executed a, a sprint and I was grinding and typing away. And now I need to give myself that breather and that reprieve to say, okay, let me hit the reset button. Let me uh, let my brain rest for a minute. All right. I'm going to grab something to drink. I'm going to grab a quick snack. Right. Um, that'll, you know, allow me to change my, my surroundings clear my mind and then I jump right back into it. Right. Um, I kind of think about it. It's no different than a prize fighter. Um, you know, the way that these, um, you know, boxers and stuff like that, they train <clears throat> in preparation for these, for these uh, fights. You never know if it's going to be a first round knockout, or if you're going to have to go the distance. Right. Um, but regardless, you know, in between rounds, you have that time where you got to get off your feet. You got to sit down, you got to clear your mind. You got to take something to drink. You got to catch your breath, right? You got to heal up, right? And then, you know, um, during that time period, your mind is also processing what just happened and then re-strategizing how you're going to um, approach the next round with some renewed energy and it may be a different strategy if you need to or keep working what you're doing. Um, and so for me, that's kind of my, you know, head to my corner time, right? Get out of the office, 
right? Take the walk and then come back. So in a work from home environment, what that looks like is um, I find myself in between uh, meetings from time to time. If I'm working on something and I have a break, um, all right, let me get out of the office. Um, I'm going to go hang out in, you know, Geo's room or I'm going to go hang out in Linux's room um, and, you know, watch Coco Melon or something like that and just watch him jump and, you know, be crazy, right? Or bother uh, Gabriella for a minute. And then it's like, okay, all right, I'm, I got to get back in the ring, right? Um, no, it's a good point. It definitely for, for the work from home perspective, it's so easy to, to get caught at your desk all day. And so again, you have to be intentional about taking those those opportunities to uh, declutter your mind. Like I said, kind of you know, um, be productive, but also you know, putting off what you have to come uh, in your next stint, in your next sprint, and making sure that you know you're just stepping back, stepping back, stepping away. Um, yeah, just listening to definitely brings back memories. You know, I definitely remember you know walking into your office. Hey. hey you need Rebel? Like, I know you need Rebel. I'll be right back. And yeah. just, you know, walking. Or, hey, I'm going to go. You want to come with me so that we can walk over there together? Like I said, just take that quick break. So, um, so that's good, man. So, again, people think being productive means being busy all the time. And we're here to tell you, legacy leaders, if you want to truly be a hashtag legacy leader and be a leader worth following, that is not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, what being productive actually means is making sure that you have goals and you're working towards those goals. Check out episode 18, uh, making sure that you are executing, you have the goal, you put the plan in place, uh, and then you're working that plan. Uh, then producing more in a shorter amount of time. A huge component of that is time management. Go back to episode 17, we break all of those things down. Don't multitask, make sure that you have a to-do list. Uh, and then compromising and planning, making sure that you're compromising in a positive way with yourself. Uh, maybe you're compromising with, with business partners, again, in, in positive ways to ensure that you get work done. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to analyze every piece of data and maybe every piece of data is not available right now. So do enough to be productive and to get the ball moving. And if it's 80% right now, be happy with that. And if you have the opportunity to come back and then take it a step further, then go ahead and do that. And then just stay focused. Stay focused. Remove the distractions, whether it's your phone, whether it's email, uh, whether it's inner office communication devices or tools. Make sure that you're removing those distractions and that you declutter your workspace, your workspace, your desk, and even declutter your mind at times and, and take those breaks throughout the day to walk away and then come back with a renewed focus and get after it. Um, Hopefully that was good for you guys. Uh, when it comes to staying focused, uh, we talked at the beginning. We're going to mention it again. Make sure that you are following us on Instagram at Legacy Leadership, that you're also following us uh, on Facebook, Leg Legacy in Leadership Podcast, uh, as well as LinkedIn, Legacy in Leadership Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter, too. My point is specifically within Facebook and Instagram. Pay attention because we're going to come back, not necessarily within the podcast, we're going to have a webinar for you guys. We've been talking about this, and I am putting it out there into the world, into the podcast and the Internet. We're going to do a, uh, a webinar on staying focused and diving into that even more on that specific topic because uh, it's important. You know, so many things going on in the world today, so many things going on within your home, within your family, or just within work. How do you stay locked in? How do you stay focused again so that you're being as effective and as productive as possible? Yeah, actually, um, it's funny um, you mentioned that, right? Because um, one of the topics 
that I, I got a text from, um, you know, from a couple of peers. They said, hey, Devon, uh, we need a podcast on the perils of working from home. And specifically, we're talking about, you know, the challenges with staying focused um, and not just staying focused, but also what that means for uh, extended hours that you end up working, <laughs> right? Because you're working from home, right? You got, you know, you lost that commute time and all that good stuff, right? So um, it's very easy that you find yourself putting in 12, 13 hours um, in this new work from home environment, um, partly because, you know, maybe you're not able to maximize staying focused. And so time gets away from you a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think the the webinar around staying focused is going to be extremely, extremely timely uh, for sure. Ben. So in order to get details again, you're going to have to be following us on Facebook, following us uh, on uh, Instagram to get the details of when that will be launching uh, so that you can get signed up at the sign up for it so that you can be notified when we go live and again, do that webinar on staying focused. Um, so make sure you're following us on all those major um, social media platforms uh, again all major podcast platforms, make sure that you are liking the episodes uh, that you're leaving us a review. Again, give us some good feedback. If you love it, let us know. If you don't, let us know. Like we're, we're, we're big boys. We're grown men. Uh, we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the constructive criticism. Um, we, we know how to have tough conversations. And sometimes that means people giving us tough feedback. Uh, so let us know what you think. Again, add into the conversation uh, by leaving that in the comments and in the reviews. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube channel, do the same thing. We have a couple of legacy leaders uh, that uh, Devon was actually replying back to uh, today. Uh, so we have people leaving comments within the channel. Uh, again, we read those, we respond to those. So continue to, to communicate with us in those venues. Send us texts, send us you know direct messages. Uh, again, in all those social media platforms and let us know if you have questions or again any additional thoughts that you have about these topics in particular um take that snapshot uh, of the podcast on your phone if you're watching the if you're watching the youtube channel on your phone again take the snapshot uh, the screenshot or do that on your pc and then go to instagram put it in your story and then tag us at legacy leadership tag myself at coach underscore jimmy g jr tag devon at leadership dosen uh, again leave us some comments we'd appreciate that very much and then share share the youtube channel share specifically this episode uh, with your friends and family and share with other individuals that you know need to be a part of this hashtag legacy leader tribe. Um, you never know. Keep Continue to do that. Maybe you'll win one of these fly hoodies that we have mm. uh, with the hashtag legacy leader. Um, yeah, we, we have some things in the works that we're cooking up for y'all. So uh, and let us know what you think about, about the merchandise. Let us know what you think about the legacy and leadership podcast swag. Um, and uh, if you're interested, let us know. I will let you know how you may be able to, at the very least, win you some of this as well. So um, sharing is caring. Do that. We'll continue to share our thoughts, our ideas, our passions with you. And again, we hope you appreciate that. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. We just finished our series on um, these foundational leadership principles, time management, goal setting, and then really how do you make sure that you are highly effective and productive we just broke that down to you that is all leading up to uh the next installment of our mentored by adversity series uh we're gonna have a very good friend of mine actually another high school alum from evans yes e uh yes jay jackson mr action jackson um and and CEO and founder of Rise was a, a multimedia uh, marketing corporation. 
Also, stay tuned for that. Uh, he's doing big things in the community, was always doing big things here in Orlando, but has been in Georgia and Atlanta for the last few years and has some really, really great things that he's working on. So we're going to be talking about those things and, again, see how his leadership style was developed as he was mentored through adversity that he's gone through in his life. So please stay tuned for that. Um, as always, to our legacy leaders, we thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Stay tuned for, again, the next installment of NBA. Uh, I am Jimmy Gonzalez, Jr., my co-host, Anthony Devon Wash, Jr. We thank you guys very much. God bless and stay encouraged, everybody. You have just listened to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you live, lead, and leave a legacy worth remembering. Until next time.